Last week I started talking about in, in, in Acts 19, and that's really just, we didn't get a whole lot farther. I got some glasses somewhere down there on the floor. I'm just going to read. And it came about that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper country, came to Ephesus and found some disciples. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, No, we have not even heard whether there, there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? And he said, And they said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid, ha laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began speaking in, with tongues and prophesying. And they were in all about twelve men. And he entered in the synagogue and continued speaking out boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading about the kingdom of God. And when some were becoming hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way before the multitude, he withdrew from them and took away the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannius. And this took place for two years, so that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. And God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. And so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried upon his, from his body to the sick and diseases left, carried from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out. But also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place exempt, attempted to name over those who had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. And seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them. And so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. And this became known to all, both the Jews and the Greeks who lived in Ephesus. When fear fell upon, all of the, all, upon, upon them all in the name of the Lord Jesus being magnified. I'm going to stop there. We may go farther than that. I'm going to stop there. When I started studying this and looking at this, I mean, if you go back to a little bit, a few verses back, and Paulus was going through Ephesus, and, and he met Priscilla and Aquila, and they told him that there was a more accurate word. He teached a really good word, and he came up in Alexandria, and he, Alexandria was a real hot spot for education and, and, and teaching. And, and Apollos had that teaching. And he had the education. And he had eloquence. But Aquila and Priscilla took him off to the side and said that there is a more accurate word. 
And Paul had that accurate word. And so now Apollos is in, in Corinth. And Paul is in Ephesus. And we don't have to understand too much about the church in Ephesus. I mean, Paul wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus. And we've been around this church. You know that we get taught about the church in Ephesus. If you, if you want to, to uh, study in that, pastor will take a long time and go over it with you. And there's, there's, there's good teaching there. And what do we learn in the book of Ephesus? We learn about who we are in Christ. Paul teaches who we are in Christ in the book of Ephesus. He teaches us about our inheritance. He teaches that we were predestined before the foundation of the earth. He teaches us that it's God's good privilege, to pleasure to, to bless us with every heavenly blessing. That we're blessed because of who we are in the kingdom of God. But he also teaches us that for it is by grace we are saved through faith, not of our works, lest no, so no man can boast. We're saved by grace. And, and probably everybody in here is saved. Maybe there might be somebody that would doubt, a little bit of doubt in there. If we ask, every head bowed and every eye closed. And I just say, if you die, would you go to heaven today? We could quickly say, yeah. Then, then if we might be a few people might start thinking like, man, I don't know. I messed up a few times this week. And I've had some bad thoughts. And I've, I've, I know I'm just not where I need to be. And... And, and I don't know. You know, I just don't know. Maybe there's a little doubt. But that scripture leaves no doubt for you. You're either in or you're out. And we just have to get to that place where we're either know or we don't know, but there's no like, I think I am. And, and Paul teaches that in Ephesus... It's his letter to the Ephesians. And so we need to know that it's by grace that we're saved through faith, not of our works. So that there's no room for any braggadocious or nobody thinking that I'm good enough, I did it on my own. Listen, we're, we're all fall short of the glory of God. At one time, we were all sinners. We're not sinners no more because we're born-again believers. And I, God's kind of showing me something when, when, when I was just mulling on that Scripture was that I'm thinking about conception. And when life starts in the newborn, Dick, that conception. And, and God says that, that, that He knew us before the foundation of the world. He had already conceived this. And that spirit is in there. And then we get born again and we come to life. We come out of here. 
And we got a, we got a, a spirit that's got a destiny and a plan and a purpose. And we got a plan and a purpose. God's got a plan and a purpose for our life. And it's not based on how good we are or how bad we are. Because the sin that I did this week, if I ask for forgiveness, I'm forgiven. I thank God for that grace. But I have to receive it by faith. Amen? There's things that we have to receive. There's some things that we just have to receive, and we've got to receive that by grace. It's not something by faith. I mean, we've got to receive it by faith, that grace that God has given us. But it doesn't just stop there. So he loves the Ephesian church, Ephesus church. And it says that he found some disciples. I did make notes. So Paul, having passed through the upper country in Ephesians, and, and so, so he loved the Ephesian church, and he, and he talked to them about salvation, and he talked to them about, about things they need to know. And, and it says then he found, he found some disciples. He found them. They didn't knock on his door. When you find something, you got to go kind of search for it most of the time, unless you're Stan. They, he doesn't have to go find mushrooms. They bring them to his door. You told me. A gallon, about three pounds. They just show up at Stan's door. Some of us have to go... Hunt them up. We gotta hunt them. You just, you, they just don't land on your front doorstep. Not too many hanging around there. I hunt there every day. I'll never find them. When Paul went hunting, he found some disciples. A lot of times in our ministries, I mean, we want ministry. We want ministry in our life. We want to be. We want to be, uh, uh, do Bible studies. We want to do, do things for the kingdom of God. We want to have an impact. We want to be involved. We want to do something. But we've got to take action. We've got to go find some disciples. Sometimes our ministry just starts with that one. It starts with somebody. It just starts with somebody. I told Darren. Darren says, Darren, what I, Bill, what do I do now, man? I'll get I said, Darren, just tell people. Just give your testimony. Share your testimony. Tell somebody what God has done in your life. And, and then begin to tell him what, not what he did 25 days ago, but what is he doing now in your life? What did he do today? And what did he do today, Deanna? He brings you... A box right when you're right on time. More testimony. Endless testimony. Healing larynxes and sore throats and healing backs. 
That's something we can talk about every day, but we need to talk about it. We need to testify. But we need to find people that, 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 that we can minister to, that need to hear the Word of God. How will they hear if there are no preachers? We need to be preaching the gospel. And he said, said that he found some. He found some disciples. He found some students. He found some people that want to hear. And they want to grow and they want to know more. They see something that they want. Because you've got it. Because Paul says, come and imitate me. I don't know about you. In, in Corinthians, he, said, he says, come and imitate me. I think it's 1 Corinthians 4. Because he's telling them to come out from among them. Come out from among them. And don't touch anything unclean. But then he goes on and he says, imitate me. I don't know about you, man. But some days I don't want nobody imitating me. And that's sad. We laugh. I can laugh. Because it is. But it ain't funny. Really, the reality is, is, is that, that we should live a life that people, we would want people to emulate. That we would want others to, to imitate as we imitate Christ. See, we're Christians. We're Christ-like. We need to be like Christ. And if we're like Christ, Paul could say, imitate me. Because he was like Christ. And I need to be like that. I need to be like that. I don't know about you, but I need to be like that. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Wow, that's a bold statement. I got some people, they're disciples already. They're disciples. They believe. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Hey, Jackie, welcome to the Bible study. Hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit? First thing. Ah, oh, we don't want to go there. Oh, we got to kind of ease into this this a little bit. Ease into it. But Paul was bold. Paul was bold. He got baptized. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Tell me about it. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you did? Paul wanted to know. Because he wanted to know if they did or not. So if they didn't, they would. He wanted something more for them. Because he knew there was more. He knew there's more. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, no. It's a good, honest answer. No. We have not heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Wow. There's a lot of churches, maybe. They hear about the Holy Spirit. They've heard the name. But what is the Holy Spirit? And he said, into what were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in him who, not him, but him, Jesus, who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. Old Testament, Old Testament people. These were Old Testament people. Jesus was an Old Testament guy. Repentance. Repentance is good. We need to repent. 
It's a good place to start. It's good for the soul. It's good for the for your heart, man. It's just good to unload and get rid of. He says, and when they heard this, they, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh boy, that's where you want to be. Get in Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. It's getting crazy around here, people. It's getting fun, because Paul just stepped out in boldness, and he laid hands on them, and they began to prophesy. They began to speak in tongues, and Holy Spirit came through there and moving on these guys. They didn't have to wait. That came down the same Holy Ghost that came down in the upper room. That Holy Ghost, where tongues of fire, it appeared as tongues of fire. And then the same Holy Ghost that, that, that landed on Cornelius and his guys. And to the Gentiles it was given. Hallelujah! And now, and now that Holy Ghost is coming down in, in uh, uh, Ephesus on 12 guys about. The Holy Spirit come down. They began speaking in tongues and prophesying. Wow. That's what I want to see. I don't know about you, but when we have baptism or we see someone come and give their heart to the Lord, man, I, I, I want to see him just begin to speaking in tongues and, and prophesying. And whether it's here or whether it's at your desk or, or in the aisle somewhere or in a car just driving somebody home. Man, you just want to see the Holy Spirit come in and move in their life. And something about that, when, when it comes in, it's like stamped in there and it's seared in there. And, and maybe, just maybe, that, that, that this thing doesn't like drift away or the wave doesn't go out. And you know that you can be baptized on a daily basis and, and you don't have to wait around uh, like just, okay, that's it? No, no. How about again today and today and today and every day when you wake up, something good and exciting is going to happen because you say, Lord, just fill me with that one more time today. And then your day is going to be exciting. It's not going to be that mundane thing that you live every day and just go about and you show up at work or you show up at, at, at some other event. But today, it's, it's a spirit-filled day. It's a day where God is going to do something. And when we come into church, we can get excited because God is going to move. There's nothing like a spirit-filled Christian, man. Because we can change the world. We can turn it upside down. God knows that. We, we think that, that sometimes that the only ministries that count are, are some mega church that, that's got, you know, 10,000 people or something, and God bless them. But there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. And they need to teach him about the Holy Ghost. And we need to teach each other. Now we're in a smaller group, but despise not small beginnings, Zechariah says. Where is he at? Somewhere, I think. Zechariah. I think it was 410, I think he says it in. Despise not. 
small beginnings. And we do sometimes. We just despise thinking, oh man, this ministry thing, I mean, there's only going to be two people there. And they got this thing I'd really rather do. I can just call both of them. But it might be the one that day that they need you. It might be the day that they just need a word of encouragement. And, and, and the Holy Ghost comes in there. You see, He doesn't need 10,000 people to show up. He doesn't need it. And when, if, when it's not showing up, we need to stir it up. Amen? And we can do that. God's given us that ability. And he entered the synagogue. And you know what? When he entered, when the Holy Ghost came on them, when the Holy Ghost came on them 12, what do you think that did for Paul? I don't know about you, but if I'm laying hands on 12 people and they begin to speak in tongues, and they begin to prophesy. I'm getting excited. I am getting excited. We need to get excited. And that's something to get excited about. That's something to get excited about. All of a sudden, one person's got 12 people filled with the Holy Ghost. That's powerful. Now all of a sudden, things are starting to, to change. Little ministries are going into bigger ministries and 12 more are getting 12 more and 12 more are getting 12 more. That's pretty good. That's revival. Revival is good. We agree? I want to see revival. And Paul, he entered the synagogue and continued speaking out boldly for three months because the people got filled with the Holy Ghost and it was stirring him up on the inside and he began bolder and bolder and bolder and he began reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Where we go out into a world that's not... don't even understand what we're doing, but we're stepping into something and we're taking the kingdom with us and every step we take, the kingdom is expanding. The kingdom is growing. The walls are getting bigger because we're going farther and we're having a more impact. But when some were becoming hardened and disobedient because some people just can't handle that. You understand that. That's hard. And they might be, you know, when the Holy Ghost gets to stirring, some people get a little uncomfortable. And some people say, I've never seen that before. I don't think that's God. That's not God. That's not God. That can't be God. I like what Pastor said one time when the old guy came in here and God touched him, man. God touched him. I mean, he, the guy came and God and pastor goes up to the guy and says, that, that, that cancer, it, 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 uh, you're going to be healed of that cancer. And that guy come to him and said, I don't got no cancer. He had a doctor's appointment. The doctor told him he had cancer. 
That guy came back and got laid hands on and got prayed for and got healed. But let's, he also came back in and met with pastor and told him that, that things were out of order and this church was like a three-ring circus. Pastor said, you ever been to a circus? Yeah. Did you have fun? He said, yeah. Listen, God's order, order to God and to us is different. We try to control everything. The Holy Spirit works different than you and me. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. That's what the Word says. So what we think is order is out of order. What we think is orderly is quenching the Holy Spirit oftentimes. And it's out of order. But we need to be able to show that to people. God wants to move the way He wants to move. But we want to, we want to say, God, you can move as long as you move like this. We got it all backwards, people. What if God says, you can move however you want to move, brother? Move how you want to move. Move how you want to move. Move how you want to move. Let's move. But we got to move. We can't just sit here. But we got to move. This is very orderly here today. In our eyes, God's saying, move. What if we got a three ring circus going, man? Ooh, Holy Ghost. Move. What if we got Jesus as our, 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 our whatever that guy's name is in the circus, really, you know, the ringleader, whatever, you know, man. What if he's directing us? Let's see what God will do. It's time to get excited. A new day. It's a new day. I'm getting up, man. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Man, when they started getting all discouraged, man, and speaking evil of the way, don't talk about the way, man. We've got to be able to tell people, don't talk about the way. The way is good. He's the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father except through Jesus. Before the multitude, he withdrew from them. Then he took away the disciples, reasoning daily in the school. He just took them right out of the synagogue. Because, listen, when people get religion and they get, they, get, they get unforgiveness and they get bitterness and they get all of this stuff, they got all of these things and they, they just can't handle seeing God move because they got all the excuses why we don't want to move. He said, just come on, let's go over here. Let's go over here. Let's learn some more. And then they began to, to just grow and, 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 and just made a, 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 a got, got shake loose of, of some of the, the stuff that they've inherited and some of the stuff that, that they've been taught. And they began to be freedom and set free of, of religion. And this took place for two years so that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Revival. Revival. It's time that we have revival. And then, in verse 11, it says, And God was performing extraordinary miracles. By the hands of Paul. Paul didn't do, see, Paul didn't do any miracles. 
Paul was cool. He was a bad man. He was a, for Jesus, I mean, in a good way, okay? But he didn't do anything other than what God did through him. I didn't, I didn't bring Darren back. God brought Darren back. Because he's not done with him yet. He's not done. He's only begun. It's only the beginning. I'm telling you, extraordinary miracles. See, really, in my heart, I had a hard time believing that that was an extraordinary miracle. But today, I, he confirms it to me. That's extraordinary. And I thank the Lord. I mean, that's exciting to be a Spirit-filled Christian, to lay hands on the sick and to know that they will recover, to see signs and wonders, noted miracles, extraordinary miracles. That's exciting. That's worth getting up for in the daytime, people. Every day. That's worth getting up for. By the hands of Mark, by the hands of Tony, by the hands of, uh, of, of whoever. By the hands of men that want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And go from wherever you go, door to door, or, or business to business. Wherever we go, that's exciting. Man, do you see what God can do? Do we really believe it? Man. So much so that handkerchiefs and aprons were even carried from his body to the sick and diseases left them. Strep throat left them. There's Deb's not here. She is sick, right? Didn't she come in on you? She said she had she had sore throat too, a strep throat. There's sickness in this church. Listen, I believe that you can take you an, an, uh, 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 an uh, oil and a napkin and you just take it to whoever you want to take it to. By faith, we believe they're going to be healed and delivered and set free. Why not? Extraordinary miracles. And evil spirits went out. Evil spirits. Spirits of jealousy. Spirits of strife. Spirits of religion. Spirits of, of, of uh, lascivious living. That's a big word. I learned it. Listen. There are spirits that can attach themselves to you very easily. And sometimes, I really, I ain't kidding you. There's been times, I, I, I swear, I, I, I'm not proud of it. But I will confess this. That I have prayed for people with spirits on them. And I, I believe that I was no better than the sons of Sceva. And that's sad. 
I'm, I'm okay. I didn't run out of that building naked. But I might as well have been. Because I believe, I can look back on some times and I believe that the spirit that I prayed for them people attached itself to me. Yeah. But that spirit is no, it's no, it, it's it, in my flesh. Now, in my flesh. I'm saying in my flesh, those demons are powerful. In my flesh, if I'm in my flesh, they can, they can do to us whatever we want, whatever they want. But in the spirit, they can't touch me. You see what I'm saying? Now, if we're operating, if we're walked by the spirit, for all who are led by the spirit, these are the sons of God. Amen? Amen. Sons of God, we don't have to worry about it. Okay? When we're walking in the Spirit. But sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. And maybe I was ahead of myself at some point in my life. And it wasn't that I didn't know Jesus, but I was probably operating in maybe a place that I wasn't ready to operate in. Maybe I, I, I was stepping into somebody else's anointing. Maybe I was in some place that I, I, I was in somebody else's anointing. Thank God, man. We, we, listen, they can't come into my holy of holies. I understand. They can't. Demons can't come in here, into my holy of holies. But there's three courts. In the outer courts, in the outer courts, Jesus flipped changers over. They were in there. They were in there. Sometimes they get in here, in this mind or, or in the... They don't get in our holy of holies, okay? They don't come into the sanctum sanctorum. But they can come into the outer courts. And they can set up change tables. And they can torment us sometimes. But we just go, just like Jesus did. Amen? And we can get rid of them. And we can tell them to go. Praise God. I really didn't write all that down. I didn't think I would say that. Because I wasn't proud. I'm not proud of it, but I just thought of it. You know what? I have prayed for people. And then a few days later, I feel like that's attacking me. That same thing I prayed for somebody might be trying to attack me. Maybe I got some weaknesses or something like that. The enemy knows. He says, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. But who are you? And sometimes, like, I, I think I've, I've prayed for people for, for things. And, they, and, and, and then I, I think, oh, my gosh. I just prayed for somebody. Now that I'm seeing that's attacking me. And that's the way the enemy does. But Jesus, Paul, he knew Paul. Why did he know Jesus? They say the demons shudder at the thought of Jesus. It says that in James. And he says, he knew, they, they knew Paul because Christ was in Paul, the hope of glory. Amen? But he wasn't nowhere around these, these guys, these sons of Sceva. They didn't, he didn't know them because there was no Jesus in it. He was, only knew the Jesus in Paul. And 
But he knew Jesus and he knew Paul. And listen, he knows us because we're going to operate in the same extraordinary miracles as Paul operated in. That was through Jesus Christ. He did. Paul didn't do no miracles. Jesus did the miracles through, 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 through Paul. And it says, the evil spirit answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus and I know about Paul, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirits leaped on them, this one guy leaps on all these seven brothers and he overpowered them. See, like I said, the power, they overpowered them. In our flesh, the enemy can overpower. Well, let's save it, man, in case you want to put me on the spot here. Well, see, what Isaiah says, I'm just saying I might have been not ready at that point. I don't, I'm not fearful today. Well, I don't know that happens until like three or four days later when I when I seen like and I felt that attack. Yeah, I did. Well, I do. I did pray it off myself. I repent. I go back. I just crawl in, you know, or I or I get with another brother. And I mean, I go, you know, I thank God I got a pastor that I can go to, and and you know, we can talk and 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 you know, pray and. And, and, but, but really, this body of Christ that we live in, hey, praise God. You know, we got brothers here that, that will lay hands on us and we, we operate that way. And thank goodness we, we don't have to, we're not an island. We're not an island. Ladies, you're not an island. You know, sometimes you got to come together. And, and, and you, you, iron sharpens, sharpens iron. And brothers, we need to come together. You know what? And we need to be bold enough and humble enough to cry before one another and to share our, the truth. To share the truth. And then, then when we lay hands on the sick or we lay hands on, on the, the demented or, 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 or the, you know, there's, there's insanity, depression, whatever it is, that when we lay hands on it, and that, that we take authority over it. But listen, there, there, there's more. Than, we're not in this alone. We're not in this alone. For all who are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. And I believe that Christ in us is. And then if you don't have nobody, I believe Christ will rise up and be there. But I think God puts people in our lives for a reason and a purpose. You guys aren't all in here for no reason. We're in here to help each other. God has put us here together as a body, and we all got a purpose. But I'm going to say something, that if we weren't, if I was all by myself in, in, the, in the middle of nowhere with somebody that was tormented by demons and I cast it, I don't think I got to worry about it. I believe that Jesus Christ himself will be there with me. He said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And I believe we call upon the name of the Lord just like that man flying over that cliff. Oh, God! He's going to come through. He will come through. He is a on-time God. He is a right-now God. He is all-we-need God. Praise the Lord. Thanks for asking. Wow. 
And the man in whom, okay, that guy overpowered him. We know one thing. His power is not greater than God's power. Satan's power is not greater than a spirit-filled man's power. And this became known to all, both Jews and Greeks who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. You see, they probably heard the story about the guys running out naked, because we all hear about those stories. Poor church over there. The seven boys ran out naked. Did you hear about that? Let's share that with a couple more people. See how far that would go. We'll share that story. But listen, they heard about Jesus. They heard about Paul. And they said, I heard the demons say this. Jesus I know, and Paul I know. And when they started speaking that, revival kept coming. Revival kept coming through there. And this became known to all, both Jews and Greeks who lived in Ephesus. The fear fell upon them, not the fear of the demon. How about the fear of the Lord fell upon them? And the revival came through. In the name of the Lord, Jesus was being magnified. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Listen, if we be, he be lifted up, all men would be, be drawn unto him, it says. And many also, those who had believed, kept coming and confessing and disclosing their practices. And guess what? The magic people, the people that believed in magic and did all those, those trickery things and all the, the mystical stuff, guess what they did? They began bringing their books. They began bringing in their books. It said 50,000 pieces of gold. Worth. That's how much worth they had. Or silver. I'm sorry. Just silver. Not gold. Silver. I don't know how much gold that is. But only 50,000 pieces of silver. That's how, many, that's how much the books were worth. So I'm going to guess it's probably at least, you know... Close to a million dollars, would you say? I don't know what silver's going for now, but, but I would say it was a million dollars worth of books that came in from that little city. And they began burning those books because they were like, I just want to get out of this stuff and I want to be serving your Jesus. Because that's what spirit-filled Christians will do. Well, if you have an impact upon a, a satanic world and upon a witchcraft and upon every demonic spirit, It'll have that impact. And books will be burned. And then it goes on and it raised it, they raised up that the, the idol makers and the silversmiths and the and the gold idol guys, they all of these blacksmiths, they began the ones who were making the idols. They were nervous. Because it was affecting, there was such a revival going on, there was no need for idols no more. That affected them. It affected their lifestyle. Listen. Holy Spirit will affect your lifestyle sometimes. Things that we once needed, we don't need no more. Things we thought our business needed, we doesn't need no more. Things that, that if, and if it does, you just say, Lord, if it's not, and it's not, and then, you know, I don't need to make idols no more. But we can lay them down. It affects our lifestyle. And, and when it starts affecting our lifestyle, we got a problem. We get a problem going. But listen, we can be, <laughs> there's a new life. 
When you get a new life, you get a new life. You don't have to do that. God is going to provide. He's going to make a way. And and there's just not going to be an end to it. I know, I know for myself that in my life, in my business, you know, I took different directions, you know, and, 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 Whether it's an idol, whether it's not. Sometimes I just think being in business can be an idol. We can make our business our idols. They become more important than God. And this blacksmith were making it more important than God. More important than seeing revival. And, and, but the magicians, they say, no, man, take it. Just take it. Just take it. I don't know what God's got for me tomorrow, but here's my books. Here's all my conjuring little spells. Here's all my stuff. I'm just going to throw it in the fire. And sometimes that's just what we've got to do. Everything that's separating us from God, we just need to throw it in the fire. We just need to get rid of it. And that didn't take anybody else to, to do that, but just me. Good enough, easy enough, done. Now I'm ready for whatever you got for me today, Lord. And then pretty soon, then I go through my house. And Look, here's another book. Throw that one in there. There's something shows up. Something else shows up. And we just got to get rid of it. And just keep getting rid of it and getting rid of it and getting rid of it. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. But when we're spirit-filled people, it's going to be accomplished. You see, because it kept going forth. Jesus kept being magnified. Why? Because God had a plan. God was in it. And nothing's going to stop it. Not demons. Not magic. Not idol worship. Not religion. Not jealousy. Not strife. Not anger, not anything is going to stop God's Word from coming forth and miracles, extraordinary miracles from happening. Listen, miracles won't save you. Miracles won't do do anything like that. But what it will do, it will magnify Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to be offered. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to be Spirit-filled Christians. To, to operate into that. Listen, don't be afraid to take uh, a handkerchief and give it to a, a sick person and say, listen, this is anointed. You're healed in Jesus' name. You weren't at church Sunday, but listen, the same anointing came with me, and I speak healing into your body. This week, I ain't, I ain't going to lie. I got a picture from my brother. I showed Stan my picture of my brother's two years older than me. This past year, he suffered from cancer. He's been, been attacked by cancer, and, and he had his last uh, treatment. Listen, this guy looks like he's... Don't put this... <laughs> my brother is healed. He's healed in Jesus' name. I have a second cousin that was at, at the restaurant last night back for graduation for his daughter. He was back in January, and I buried his mom. And, in, and, and now this boy's five years younger than me, 
and he's suffering from such a lung dysfunction that, that he's, they're talking about having lung transplant. I speak healing into that boy. Last night I spoke healing into him, and I believe that he won't need no lung transplant, but, but his lungs are beginning. He told me that his lungs were already working better. I believe God's going to heal him. Already healed him. God is doing a work, a healing work, extraordinary miracles. If we got faith to believe, and I do, I got faith to believe. Let's stand. I can't believe it's this late, and I'm sorry for you guys. It's been good for me. Thank you for letting me speak. If you do need prayer, come. I, I mean, we're not done. I'll pray. I'll pray all day. If you want an extraordinary miracle in your life, how about just come up and get it? Hallelujah. Harold, you do whatever you do. I believe God wants to do something in everybody here's life. And if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, I hope you leave here. I hope you leave here. I hope you read that scripture right there. Read it for a couple of days and let God just minister to you. And get out of bed saying, you know what? It's a new day for me. It's a new day. And I'm going to be filled with the Holy Ghost today. And I'm going to rock this, this world. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to, 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 when I see somebody sick, I'm going to lay hands on them and believe God's going to heal them. If I see somebody downtrodden, I'm going to lift them up by the power of the Holy Ghost. Things are going to change in my life. I need change. I'm tired of operating uh, on, 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 on average. It's time we go up a level, man, and just see what God will do. Mediocrity is not living in the kingdom of God. Mediocrity is just anybody can do it. We're children of the Most High. I want to operate as such. I'm doing this for you, man. Bye, you. <laughs>